Hello, this is Pastor Sam DeChico from the Conquer Baptist Church of Wilmington, Delaware. We're so glad you could join us for today's broadcast. One of the great books of the New Testament is the book of James. James has been called the Proverbs of, New, of the New Testament books because it's filled with a lot of wisdom and a lot of uh, practical things that will help us to grow in our faith. And I want to share a, a thought or two from the book of James today. And uh, we're going to look at James chapter 1. And James it was written to the 12 tribes that were scattered abroad, meaning that uh, these were uh, Jewish believers that had uh, been persecuted for their faith, and so they left Jerusalem and they scattered throughout uh, the regions. And in doing so, it left them poor and it left them persecuted and and uh, a very difficult situation. And so he is writing to these people that uh, have, uh, have had to leave because of, of persecution in the first century. And so he's trying to encourage them. They're going through trials. Their faith is being tested. Uh, a heartache and, and uh, suffering uh, has come their way. And, you know, many times, uh, those are the times in which our faith is tested. And if we're not careful, we, we get upset, we get discouraged, we walk away from what we believe. We maybe go back to things that we should not go back to. And so James, uh, who was a pastor in Jerusalem is encouraging these people who had to leave and had to move on uh, for the faith. And so he is writing to them, and the first thing that he tells them in James chapter 1, verse number 2, he says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations. And what he is saying is that there are many different trials and temptations that will come, and life is difficult. Uh, don't you wish sometimes that everything was perfect and there were no trials and no problems and no temptations and everything is just perfect and in essence that's what heaven is going to be like but uh, we live in a sin cursed world we live in a world that's filled with evil people we live in a world in which the devil is a prince of the power of the air and, and walks about seeking whom he may devour and so we have battles every day we're called to be strong in the Lord we're called to stand for the faith, we're called to put on the whole armor of God. Uh, we're called to endure as a good soldier. And so these are uh, admonitions from the Lord, knowing that life is going to be difficult. And I don't have to tell any of you that. You go through your own problems, your own struggles, your own suffering, your own pain. But, but it's interesting because James says that when you fall into these many different trials, as these early Christians did, that count it a joy. It's kind of interesting. He said, Count it a joy that, that you're having problems. Count it a joy that you're facing trials and temptations and burdens in life. And We might ask the question, how can we count it all a joy? How can we uh, look at the difficulties in life and, and, in essence, be thankful and be joyful over these things? Well, you have to first off realize what joy is. Joy is not a feeling. Joy is not meaning that we just laugh all the time and, and have this happiness in our heart. Joy means that we have a peace, we have a contentment, that there there's a, an inward fortitude. There is a spiritual uh, wealth within us that, that allows us to get through the trials of life and it doesn't discourage us. It doesn't drag us down. That we still have peace, we still have an inward joy from the Lord. And so he says, count it all joy. Now, why does he say count it all joy? Because God uses trials in our life. Now, I know that we would not design trials if we were making up the 
the course of our life. If we had to write the script of our life, every day would be a perfect day, would be nice and sunny and perfect weather, and we would have no aches and pains, and nobody would say a crossword to us, and there'd be no issues, and everything would be just great. But, you know, we realize that uh, life is filled with many, many different heartaches and challenges. And so, uh, so as as... James writes these people, he's encouraging them that when you go through trials in life, don't look at it as a negative, bad thing. Count it a joy. Say, thank you, Lord. You're allowing me to go through this trial. You are preparing something for me. I don't understand maybe what you're doing, but I thank you, Lord, and and I count it all joy because I know that when it's all said and done, that you're going to work something great and wonderful in my life. Now, verse 3, he he shares uh, some reasons why we should count it a joy. In verse number three, he says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith, let's stop right there. He said, the trying of your faith. The word trying there uh, comes from a Greek word that that uh, that, that speaks of, of a metal that goes through the fiery process. And uh, it, it, is, it is being purified. And this is what, what uh, the Lord is saying here, that your faith is being purified. You see, we can't really know how strong our faith is and how pure our faith is until trials come. You remember the story of Job. Uh, Job had everything. He had a great life. And uh, whenever the devil approached God, and, and uh, of course, uh, God asked him, Have you considered my servant Job, who is righteous and holy and and the devil's response was, he has everything that uh, you've given him. He's been blessed. And so why wouldn't he be faithful to you? In essence, what he's saying, if you will take away what you've given him, if you'll try his faith, he'll curse you. Well, God allowed that to happen. And we know the story of Job as he lost his children, his possessions, his wealth, his servants, uh, his livestock. Everything that Job had was taken away from him in one day. And uh, once again, he still stayed faithful and he did not lose his faith. His faith was tried. It proved that it was strong. Well, Satan comes for round two and says it's because you've not touched his body. And so God allowed Satan to uh, touch his body and boils from the uh, all up and down his body now gave him great suffering and pain and yet job still would not curse god job would say the lord giveth and the lord taketh away blessed be the name of the lord his faith was tried and folks we need to realize that god is going to purify us by the trying our, of our faith. And so when we lose a job, or we have financial setbacks, or we have persecution, or we have difficulties because of our faith, or family problems, or whatever it may come in our life, sickness and, and health issues, or losing loved ones, um, God is trying to do something in our life so that our faith would become Better. And so that's why it says, count it all joy. You're, you're going to be a better Christian. Your faith is going to be stronger. Now notice the next thing he says in verse 3. Not only there's going to be a trying of your faith, but in verse 3 it also says, worketh patience. So when you're, when you're, when you're uh, tried and your faith becomes stronger, it works or makes you have more patience. Why is patience 
so important? Well, uh, once again, we go back to Job. The Bible refers to Job as having the patience of Job, meaning that he didn't curse God. He endured. He didn't give up. And that's what that word patience means, that you endure, that you just get through it, that you uh, uh, you don't do something stupid like, uh, uh, as Job could have done, curse God or commit suicide or, uh, you know, uh, forsake God. But he stayed faithful. He stayed the course. And uh, that is what patience is all about. I'm not going to do something silly. I'm not going to stop going to church. I'm not going to forsake the Bible. I'm not going to get mad at God. I'm not going to complain before God. I am going to worship God, and I am going to be patient because I know God is going to work it out. I'm going to let God do it. I'm going to wait on God. I'm going to keep praying. And so that's what patience is all about. And then he continues in verse 4. He says, but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Now, notice the word perfect is used two times there. And it's synonymous with the word uh, entire and with the phrase wanting nothing, meaning that once you have endured and once you find patience in your life and you get through trials, your faith becomes stronger, then in essence you want nothing, meaning that, that you have, you, you've completed really what you need to be as a Christian and you'll be perfect. doesn't mean we're sinless, but it means we're mature and we've grown to the point where, you know, We've become such great Christians and uh, because we, we don't desire or need anything else in our life. And uh, so what, what causes us to become great Christians? Trials. What causes us to have greater faith? Trials. What causes us uh, to, to be a testimony, a great testimony before the lost? It is the trials that we endure and that we continue. Now, he goes on and, uh, and, and says in verse number 5, What should you do when trials come? Your way. Well, verse 5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him uh, ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like the wave of a sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And so James instructs us, when you go through trials, ask God for wisdom and get through the trials. Lord, I need your wisdom. He said, if you'll pray and ask God to help you on how to deal with trials and how to respond and how not to uh, make a mistake, God will give you wisdom so that you'll say the right thing and react the right way. And he says, but if you ask God in wisdom for wisdom, he will give it to you liberally and upraise not. He won't scold you. He won't uh, correct us because we keep asking for wisdom. He's, he will supply us with the wisdom we need. And he says, when you ask, though, ask believing. Don't waver back and forth thinking, well, why is God doing this? And I don't know if God's going to give me wisdom. I don't know if I'm going to get through this. And, and you know, going back and forth. And he says, you're not going to get wisdom then. You're not going to have answers to what's going on in life. And so don't waver as you ask. But just realize God's doing this for my good. Remember Joseph, he was given a promise that someday he'd be a great leader. His brothers became very jealous of him. They threw him in a pit, and then eventually they sold him to a a, a traveling band of Midianites who then took him to Egypt, and he was sold to Potiphar. And You know the story that Joseph went through one trial after the next, and how was God going to accomplish his purpose in in, in Joseph's life when he kept going against, uh, kept running into all these obstacles, and then he's serving 
Potiphar faithfully, and then Potiphar's wife accuses him of of, uh, of, of, of taking advantage of her, and, and he's thrown in jail now. But after it was all said and done, Joseph is taken and, uh, and, and given dreams and interpretations of dreams, and he's elevated to lead Egypt. And at the end of, uh, of his, the story, the brothers come back, and they're worried that Joseph is going to seek revenge. And Joseph said this. He said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And what that reminds us is that God can take anything that's going on in our life and turn around for good. So don't waver and don't think, you don't, you know, is God really in charge? Is God really in control? Does God really know what he's doing? God always is working on us and through us so that our faith would be greater. Our, we would be perfect and, and, and wanting nothing. And uh, so we, we have a season of prayer. We seek wisdom. We find answers from God. Well then we go down to verse number 12 and and we have a great promise. It says blessed is a man that endureth temptation for he uh, is for when he is tried he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Verse 12 goes on to tell us if you will get through the trials of life and allow God to perfect you and turn you into the Christian you need to become and learn the lessons you need to learn and, and get rid of the things in your life that need to get rid of you need to get rid of that you will endure the temptation, the trials in your life. And it says that God will honor you someday. After you die and go to heaven, there is a judgment seat of Christ. We stand before the Lord and give an account for our life after our salvation. And, and we our works are tested and tried. And, and as we stand before the Lord, uh, those who have been faithful will receive reward. And this is what, what the Lord promises here, that if you will endure temptations and trials and grow through them, that you will receive a crown of life. That's one of the rewards that you can gain, a crown of life, and uh, which the Lord promised to them that love Him. And so I hope today that you realize that God is using trials for a good reason and a good purpose. And so count it all joy. God's doing something good in my life. Don't be mad. Don't be negative. Don't gripe and complain. And then let God have his perfect work in your life. Let him try your faith. Learn patience. Learn how to become a better Christian. Pray and ask for wisdom. Don't be double-minded and go back and forth. And then realize that as you endure, God is going to bless you and give you a crown of life.